Welcome to Emergo Radio, a place where a brain-first lifestyle matters, a place of impact and inspiration, a place where your hosts, Dave Kenny and Susan Kenny, coach you to rise above. Hi, welcome to Emergo Radio. My name is Dave Kenny, and I'm here with my co-host, Susan Kenny. And Susan, we're here to talk about Emergo Radio, actualized recovery, and how we help people rise above. This is an exciting day. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but before we jump into things, I think it'd be cool that we, you know, open up and share with people some of our story and how in the last decade we've been doing this crazy, wonderful stuff and working in the world of neuroscience and, and also psychology. That's a great place to start, Dave. So I would start, I'd go back to about 2008, working in private schools, and I'm an, I'm an educator by trade with over 30 years of education, my master's of ed, and I'm in the process of getting my PhD, which is pretty exciting in neuroscience and psychology. And in 2008, I got really disenfranchised. I mean, my whole career is about helping people and human behavior and performance and helping young people move on in life. And yet I saw some great kids boys and girls, teenagers, uh, great families struggling, whether that was, if you remember, we were talking a lot about that back then, but whether that was learning challenges, sometimes it was addiction related and smoking weed or drinking. And then the school really wasn't set up, not their fault, but they weren't set up to really support these kids. And, and our hypothesis back then that I kept kind of kicking around was if we can drive things on Mars and land people on the moon, why can't we fix a brain? And that's where it all started, Dave. <laughs> it did. We had a lot of, what were we drinking, um, some tea or? I think at that point we were reishi mushroom coffees. That's right. I think, and chlorophyll in the water. I think that was our new thing at that time. Crazy wild stuff. <laughs> but when I traveled for the school that year, I was at a hotel and I was recruiting students and talking to families for the private school. And uh, one night I was getting really crazy and I watched PBS. And I remember seeing on PBS this guy named Dr. Daniel Amen, a neuropsychiatrist of the United States. I didn't even know such a thing existed. And all of a sudden, here's Dr. Daniel Amen saying, change your brain, change your life. And that deserves a minute to talk about. Yeah, it put a lot of pieces together for us, Dave. As you know, I am the Amazon ordering queen. And if I have an addiction, that's what it is. It is the Amazon ordering, and especially since they got Prime. So we ordered the books in, and you and I started to read, and everything came together. Everything that we had hypothesized was written there for us. So it was, it was a really exciting time for us. I remember not... I mean, I knew nothing about a, a word called neuroplasticity, another word, neurogenesis. But neuroplasticity, it turns out, is we can change how our brains function. And the result of that is that our behaviors and patterns, our learning changes, our sleep changes in, in a positive way and also in a negative way. But I, I didn't understand how bang on we are when we said, why can't we help a kid by helping the brain? We grew up in the generation, if you remember, Dave, where there was uh, the commercial and they cracked the egg into the the pan and said, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. So, so the message that we grew up with is that's it. Whatever you do to your brain, you are stuck with for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think that was um, Nancy Reagan. But that leads into some of our learning with Marion Diamond. She's one of your favorites. 
Oh gosh, yeah. I wish I wish I could have met her. She's passed now. She was born in 1929. She was the first female neuroscientist that discovered. It was actually her discovery that supported. We have neuroplasticity and neurogenesis, and she and her team in 1966 were able to share the findings of the science. And what they found is that. If rats live in an impoverished environment, so there's no stimulation, it's not great food, it's it's not a friendly, happy environment, then what happens is the brain actually shrinks. And these mice developed anxiety, depression, sadness, and had a very short lifespan. What they created was an enriched environment. And there's five things that Marion Diamond and her team established are essential for the brain to be healthy. Number one is to have a great diet. Number two is exercise. Number three is that they discovered the brain loves challenge. Number four, we need newness. We are curious beings and we need new things in order to, to peak the brain. And the fifth thing that they discovered is that we need love. Love was an essential part of brain function. So this is an interesting learning for us in our evolution back in 2008-9 is that all of a sudden it is possible to do some lifestyle things and environmental things and our brain actually improves and functions better and as in rats a human brain can change its function and sleep and so it, it really is important I mean ultimately I know that you really want brain envy and think about it size matters. You bet it does, Dave. <laughs> so from a neurological point of view, though, I mean, do you want a brain or a biocomputer that is smaller? Or do you want a brain or a biocomputer that is larger and functions quicker and faster? And actually, like a computer, when it's overactive, when there's too many windows, we struggle. When there's too many things open, too many programs running, we struggle as people. So you actually want brain function to be in a calm, balanced homeostasis. And the more calm a brain function is, you'd be surprised, but the more able we are to multitask, the better we're able to sleep, the more we're able to focus, our memory improves, our decisions are improved, there's less compulsivity. So all of those things are resulted to when our, when our computer operates at a more optimal level. Dave, it's all about connections, too, and relationships. And, and when your brain is functioning well, your relationships are very deep and meaningful. If you have a brain that is lacking and is not in balance, and really, if you're not focusing on brain health, every aspect of your life is suffering. But I think it's really important to have great relationships. So as we evolved, the brain was at the center but it quickly became apparent it's not the only thing. And we've created a brain-first program and modalities of actualized recovery. And actualized recovery is also a play off of Maslow's work. So here's, as we were learning and as we were implementing, it became evident that we wanted to work with people in a residential setting. And so in 2011, we were able to open our first residential program and apply what all of our theories were to actually helping people. 
And the elements within an actualized recovery program, and again, if you want to go back to Abraham Maslow and um, self-actualization, is that at the top is is that pinnacle of living a self-actualized life. But the part that's really important is the foundation, the bottom part of that pyramid or that triangle, and that's physiological. And we start there too. So it's a brain-first program uh, to wellness, to well-being, to happiness. But there are five key elements and the key elements are biology, psychology, or psychological, spiritual, social, or your connections, and lifestyle. But all of those come from a brain-first modality. So let's take a minute, because this is a two-part series, and I want to dive deep into this for a minute. But let's just take the first section of that, of biology. What are we talking about there? So here's something that we know is the body requires hydration. So the first thing that we always look at is water consumption. And to in order for cells to be able to communicate, in order for the brain to be able to function and get rid of toxins, we need to have the very, very basics, which are water. And then we need to look at oxygen as well. So deep breathing and, and breathing air of great quality is important, Dave. The brain really flourishes on oxygen, water, good fats, which we'll get into in a minute, and sleep. And sleep hygiene with the clients. We've worked with nearly a 1,000 clients now over the past decade. But sleep has been impaired with nearly every client that we've worked with. And it's been most of them have been, you know, I guess labeled or named as insomnia. But uh, certainly their sleep patterns have been reversed. And it is really important from a brain-healthy point of view that we begin to help them readjust that sleep pattern and work on that for a brain health point of view. Going to sleep. Yeah. I mean, let's stay here for a minute. You're right. Almost everybody that we've had the honor to work with over the years has had sleep as a, a major challenge. And so from a biology point of view, at nighttime, you know, there's a lot more science and data that's been presented just even in the last year. But having a good quality sleep at night is the t- the brain's time to release toxins that it's accumulated and to be able to sort what we've learned throughout the day. So it's a really important part. And uh, one of the things that you and I love, we've been able to track our sleep and learn a lot about our biology is aura rings, A-U-R-A. I think we looked long and hard to find something that would help us be able to track data and the, the ring Talks, you know, gives us feedback on sleep, REM sleep, deep sleep, light sleep, heart rate variability, temperature, and our readiness for the next day. So, it, for me, it's been really helpful. Under biology and physiology is neurological function, and that's part of this. And it's really important to understand: as our brain goes, we go. Our brain is involved in everything, and it, it, it is involved in whether we have debt or whether we have affluence and our physical health, our digestion. And there's and two main components of this in a stressed state, especially a stressed brain, is a sympathetic nervous system. A sympathetic nervous system is a very high stress state, a compromised digestion pattern as well, but that's somebody who's in a state of fight or flight. It's like putting on the glasses and and the paradigm of seeing everything in my world and I have to react in a state of fight or flight, not out of choice, out of the fact that my brain perceives everything to be an attack. 
And so there's less choice involved. And, and, and this is typically shows up when people, their, their uh, behaviors are far in excess to the stimuli. Hey, I need you to clean the room. And a huge explosion goes off. And that's usually is um, a sign of somebody in a sympathetic state. And here's the neat thing with, with our uh, brain technologies that are out there in the world, whether that's spect imaging that you can find or EEG-based, uh, the brainwave technologies that we incorporate here, we're able to see brain function and we can see a stress state. And the opposite to that, so if that's the stress, that's gas, the opposite to that is a parasympathetic dominant brain pattern. And that's the break. It's the freeze response. Somebody who is emotionally frozen. Again, why can't you go to school? Why can't you go to work? Why can't you get out of bed? And typically, not always, but typically, that brain is a really imbalanced state. And it's like trying to drive the car with an emergency brake on. It just doesn't work. And the result of having a brain that is left dominant or parasympathetic dominant and the person is in the freeze response is the outcome of being under stress for a very long period of time. And the brain can no longer process in the stressed state. We know, Dave, in working with the people that we work with and reading the science that we do, there's a big epidemic right now of violence and shooters and, you know, people that are, you know, seemingly out of the blue are flipping. You and I know that that is a very left dominant or a freeze response brain. That's somebody who has hit the pinnacle of stress. And believe it or not, they actually get relief from doing something that puts them in a powerful situation for a period of time. And beyond the stress state, of a sympathetic brain or a parasympathetic brain, we can also see things like the frontal lobe. And when the frontal lobe, again, is overactive, there's too many apps, too many programs running, too much software going on, they have a difficult time retaining information, reading, focus, concentration, ADD, ADHD-like symptoms. And yet that's something that we can see and we, we can help and encourage the brain to begin to release and calm, kind of get a whole brain reboot or a reset. And my baby, this is looking at gut health. So I study functional medicine. Functional medicine is looking beyond a symptom and really focusing on the person as a whole and really engaging them in the process of their health. And so in functional medicine, we typically look at the gut and digestion first. And this becomes really important in understanding the brain and function and how we're feeling because the gut is the second brain. And in fact, there is more serotonin being produced in the gut or the second brain than there is in the brain. And so if you're looking for homeostasis, balance, happiness, then we've got to look at gut and digestion and microbiome. You've inter introduced something really neat, and that's the chemical thing. And this whole statement, and everybody talks about a chemical deficiency, and yet we're not talking about that. We're talking about a functional imbalance, how the, the engine actually runs. And it's interesting when people talk about having a chemical imbalance, very few people have been taught or told what helps the gut create excess or, or good balance in serotonin levels. Mm -hmm. And we come from a paradigm, if you had a heart issue, you would expect that somebody is going to actually look at the function of the heart. And 
what what we're suggesting is that that has to be the same with the brain. The, the brain is driving all behaviors. So to not look at the actual organ itself, how are you ever going to determine what what the challenge is? And the world is yet to develop a test for any any chemical deficiency in the brain. And yet we can see of functional imbalances. And also we can see when the brain is in a state of homeostasis. So let's, but let's move on to the second here, because we've got to begin to wrap up part one of our part two series, but let's talk about some of the psychological modalities that we have seen to have wonderful positive impact in helping our clients move forward. So positive psychology, interesting. It's a new, new area and kind of the science of happiness, but positive psychology focuses on and studies on the gifts and the attributes and the qualities of people who have been highly successful. Positive psychology doesn't define that necessarily by a bank account, but people who have had a significant impact in this world and who are very happy and positive psychology really hones in on that and those attributes and traits. And one of the things we do is we use a couple assessment tools, one of them VIA strengths um, to help our clients and help people. And you can do that at home as well to identify what those strengths are for you. And it's amazing when you create a life of purpose around your strengths instead of focusing on your deficiencies. And positive psychology fits well with the brain. You cannot change the past. What you can do is focus on today and the future and beginning to change those neural pathways. So your behavior, your current behaviors are based on the past. And the, the brain, like every other part of the body, can change very quickly. And it's by focusing on today and moving forward. Most of the psychological modalities that we use are more experiential in nature. And that goes back to neuroscience. We now know when somebody relives an emotional trauma, so they talk about it or relive it with the emotion, you have to fire. Those same neurons have to fire. And the more neurons fire, the stronger they wire. What I've just introduced is you actually are increasing the strength of that memory of that significant traumatic event, whether that's a car accident, whether that's a sexual abuse, whether that's an abandonment issue. The more you, we relive that from a neurological point of view, the, the stronger we're making that. So we get into experiential therapies as a part of our journey of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of those experiential therapies that we work in, you know, we found very successful is play therapy and the ability to be able to express yourself from a subconscious level through play therapy. Art therapy has been a, a wonderful tool as well, a great creative tool, a great access for people to begin to get greater awareness. Equine therapy has been, um, especially when you get some, some wonderful therapists there that help work with the horse. And the horse is an, an incredible tool in equine therapy because you can't deny what you're seeing. And the horse is going to mirror back a lot of emotion, a lot of energy that, that we store up. And also Adlerian psychology, Susan. Yeah, Dave, I'm excited, but it's uh, this is a new topic for us. We've practiced Adlerian psychology since the inception. And yet it's something that we're just learning more formally. And it, and it really is about what we're talking about, not focusing on the past and not putting your power outside of yourself, but really looking within and creating the life that you want. 
And so Alfred Adler has a lot of wonderful ideas and techniques that fit very well with an empowered brain first program. The other one is CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. And we've seen that uh, that's helped people significantly in their path to move forward. Uh, it's also used through uh, smart recovery, which I'm certified in as well. And smart recovery is another option for people uh, struggling with uh, substance use disorder or, or addictions. And that can be anything. It doesn't have to be a, a, a substance. It can be even a behavior or a pattern that's self-destructive. But it's really understanding What's the benefit? We humans are actually more simple than we think. We do things for a benefit. That even includes self-destructive things because there may be a short-term benefit. Cocaine, short-term benefit, long-term pain. So why am I doing this? And CBT and smart recovery help us begin to pull that apart. And as individuals, you know, it's, it's a courageous step to go through this. But when we begin to get awareness about our decisions and the impact on our life, then we're able to make new choices. And as we know, a lot of people have come to our residential program, Dave, and they've had years and years of CBT-based therapies. The missing link before is that the brain wasn't functioning in a state of balance. And as soon as the, the, you get the brain functioning differently, CBT becomes a very powerful tool. This is just exciting stuff. This is only two of the five parts or, or modalities within actualized recovery, and which is a brain-first approach to recovery, wellness, and well-being. But Susan, we have a, a question. Every show we ask each other and we ask our guests is about rising above. So what is it today that you're going to do to help you rise above? Well, I think our first podcast was a big step for me, Dave, in rising above. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to claim the podcast as my rise above today. Today, my rise above is my meditation. And I uh, did it this morning, going to do it again this evening, do it twice a day. We actually follow Ziva Meditation. It's online and well. It's wonderful education. And uh, today, to rise above, I made a commitment to my bi-daily uh, Ziva Meditation. So this is the wrap-up of part one of Actualized Recovery and Emergo Radio. And we look forward to you joining us for part two. Thank you. In gratitude, we thank you for joining us on Emergo Radio, a place where you rise above with your hosts, Dave Kenny and Susan Kenny. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and learn. Want more? You can reach us at emergoradio.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-O radio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.